With the sports world on pause, we've teamed Greg Linelli and Eric Erlinson together for Power Lunch, an hour to talk lightning hockey, the NHL, and how you're coping with the coronavirus. This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play via the iHeartRadio app. Center point headman, right to Kucherov. Score! Patrick Kucherov! All right, it is Friday. Glad you're with us here on the show. Big show planned for you today. We've got Yanni Gord. We've got Brian Burns. And, of course, we have Eric Erlinson and Steve Versnick. I think we have an idea of maybe when sports could reopen. We got that news late last night early this morning when it comes to the president and unveiling his coronavirus guidelines for rolling back social distancing in phases. And I think if you like sports, which we all do, there could be some good news sprinkled in there. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit, but let me bring in my partner, Eric Erlinson. E, good to be with you. And We've been talking about how sports will look like when it does come back. And it's pretty clear when they do one thing we know for sure that's going to happen, there probably won't be any fans in the stands or in the arenas for quite some time. Yeah, good afternoon, Greg. And that's probably no surprise to hear that sort of path be laid out. For sports in general, look, we already know that the PGA came out and announced that they will return in June. The first, at least the first four events will be with no spectators. So they'll have an event with just the golfers and the caddies and the broadcast teams involved. Uh, And that's kind of the way most sports, at least it sounds from, you know, listening to the comments yesterday from a president about saying exactly that, that many of the sports are going to start without fans. It'll go that way, and then maybe the fans will start to come back. And he mentioned kind of what we talked about earlier this week about social distancing in the stands if people are a couple of seats apart. And, you know, now you're going to start to limit the number of people who could actually come in. And that'll be an interesting situation if we get to that because who gets those tickets? And is that going to be an inflated price tag? Or if, as you have talked about if, with people who have their disposable income is not going to be as much, how do you package tickets in that scenario? So all of that is going to be interesting, but I think it's no surprise that we see this path because we've talked about a couple of these scenarios quite a bit here in the past few weeks in particular about sports coming back with empty arenas And it'll be interesting to hear Yanni Gord's take on that a little bit later uh, here uh, in our next segment coming up about what he thinks about that from a player standpoint. We asked Adam Hall about that yesterday. Uh, So it's going to be a much different environment as a lot of things are going to be when we get on the other side of this, whenever that happens to be, and you've mentioned it many times, a new normal. And how long will this be the normal for sports? And it is pretty clear and this is the great tug of war that we're going to be seeing from some people. We had Luke Fox on earlier this week, who I think he may be of the opinion. I don't want to speak completely for him, but it sounded like Luke was of the opinion that, you know, until we find a vaccine, we probably shouldn't be opening things up. I think he may have a different perspective on how things go. I think there's also a lot of people just talk to small business owners who are hurting that want to get this economy up and running to some point. This is a slow rollout, but I think this is the tug of war we're seeing between how do you protect a lot of people, but how do you also open up the economy where a lot of people whose livelihoods have been affected by this are struggling and want to see business reopen. The president in his uh, opening up America again plan, it was signed off, as you would probably expect, by his medical advisors, Deborah Burks, Anthony Fauci, and Robert Redfield. And there'll be data-driven approach with governors taking the helm and deciding down to a county level how they're going to reopen their states. So there are some states, as I mentioned on the show the other day, who haven't seen a huge influx of the coronavirus infiltrating their state. And I think the president and some of his advisors, the medical staff, maybe believe that those states can reopen maybe even before May 1st if they choose. Now, they're going to leave it up to the governors. There are going to be some states that can't meet that deadline at May 1st. I think when you take a look at New York 
and some of the other hot spots that we've seen out there, maybe even Pennsylvania because of Philadelphia and what's experiencing right now there, you may see them open up a little later on. But basically, phase one, um, it still has schools and organized youth activities like daycare and camp currently closed. They're going to remain closed. Visits to senior living facilities and hospitals should be prohibited. Large venues, this is where sports comes in, sit-down, dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, places of worship can operate under strict physical distancing protocols. Elective surgeries can resume, so those people out there that need a hip replacement or knee surgery, as clinically appropriate, um, there is hope for you there. Gyms, which I find interesting, can open if they adhere to strict physical distancing and sanitation protocols. Bars should remain closed. I have an interesting take on the bars thing that I'll share with us at some point, uh, hopefully today, uh, on the show. But he, I think the other thing we can take from this, not only is this the struggle of helping those get a vaccine who are sick and not infecting more, but also helping those who are in need financially and getting this economy up and running, but that social distancing is here to stay and hygiene continues to be probably the best way to combat this uh, until a vaccine and uh, more treatments don't come to the market. I, th I think those are some things that stick out for me when we start talking about this phase one. Yeah, which um, I, I really want to hear your take on the bars because uh, social distancing is not a thing in bars, right? Like it's just it's just people crowded. You're you're leaning over people to try and get drinks from the bartender. Right. That's that's interesting to to see that uh, the gyms too. You know, you think about how much um, people sweat at gyms. At least hopefully sweat. I mean, why else are you there if you're not doing that? Uh, but yeah, it's it's again, it's it's something that I think we knew was going to come. Uh, until there is a more uh, medically advanced way to combat this, uh, this you know, social distancing and cleaning, just cleaning your hands, making sure your hands yeah. are clean. Don't touch um, your face. Yeah, you know, and that, look, that, that's don't hard. Put your hands in your mouth and, and <laughs> put them near your eyes. As I, as I told my daughter, I said, you're going to get pink eye because of the coronavirus. And she, of course, looks at me bug eye and says, Daddy, coronavirus? <laughs> and you know, I just I just try and tell her, don't, don't put those hands in your mouth, and then yeah. start wiping them all over the place. Let's that's, go. That's hard. That's hard for four you know, year olds. It's hard. It's it hard is. for infants. It's hard you know? for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, me too. Yeah, like I told you, I get, I get contact lenses. It's my eyes start to itch, or the contacts start to dry out a little bit. You yeah. know, it's I just have a hard time keeping my hands away from it. You well, know, I think the they, other thing too is he. I think what's going to be interesting, and you you kind of touched on this as well. You go to a movie. You go to a restaurant. You go, not necessarily a sporting event, because I think that is going to be, uh, I just can't see them letting people congregate there. You're talking about thousands of people. I mean, places of worship, um, restaurants, and movie theaters, and gyms. I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, what, 10, 20, 30, 40 people. How do you, though, so if you go to a movie theater, and I guess this is going to be up to the governors, how they deal with it. Maybe they speak specifically to those businesses. But if you go to a movie theater, um, are you only allowing 12 per movie? I'm just throwing out an arbitrary number. You can feel free to, to disagree or agree with the number and say, look, um, every six seats is available. I think you're going to have to guide people through this, but are you going to be turning people away and do a head count before they get to your establishment? Well, for movie theaters in in particular, and you know, my my son did actually go see a movie uh, second week of March when all of this just sort of started to yeah. come into play. And you know, he went to an AMC theater, and at that time they were restricting it to fifty percent capacity. Now he actually ended up being the only one actually in the theater, but that was the guidelines that they had put out there. So he went in knowing that he was only going to be, you know, one of I don't know what those theaters hold at that particular yeah. Um, theater, you know, maybe maybe it holds a hundred, so you're limited to fifty people. How do you spread it out? Do you have to cut it down further than that? Um, so yeah, I mean, in restaurants, I mean, you're you're gonna tell restaurants now they gotta take away tables. Um, and and I was in that industry for a while. It, it can be a volume business at times. It's table turnover. How quickly can you get them in and get them out? You know, now it's it's gonna be limited. And, and is that gonna create? long lines at the restaurants. I mean, just think about going to a place like, say, Outback. I know your wife works for, for Bloomin' Brands, but if you go to an Outback restaurant, we know how long the wait can be there sometimes. You know, does that wait now double? So there's a lot of stuff to kind of take into consideration how all of that is going to work. 
uh, in terms of making sure people and it's and now you're going to trust people to be responsible in these situations too so uh, again a lot well, at I think play you're right and i think a lot of this is going to be the trust factor you know you brought up a good point about the flu shot you know being available and you get a few shot flu shot because it was recommended by your doctor i don't get the flu shot for whatever reason um, i end up taking that risk that's on me and i think bottom line is you're going to leave it up to individuals to make the best judgment possible. I think most Americans will. Obviously, that's a broad stroke. I don't know. But I think most people understand the significance of the, the period of time we're living in right now. You're going to get some knuckleheads that can't help themselves and they're uh, ridiculous in their behavior. And, you know, other people are going to, you know, stay away from them. But I think a, a couple of things that have come out of this, I think you're going to see a bunch of people looking to get out of the house and I think you're going to see people go to restaurants, movie theaters, just because they want something to do. Yeah. How does how much does it sustain? I, I don't know. I think some of that may depend on, again, uh, economically where people are. But I think initially you're going to see a surge of people that want to get out of the house and just, I mean, going to your favorite restaurant is going to seem like going on vacation at this point. Yeah. I think people it, it are will just, be. <laughs> Yeah, some people are looking for it. I think you're also through this period of time where we were social distancing and staying pretty much in lockdown that restaurants specifically were being creative with how they were going about their business. I know my wife, is, as you mentioned, one of her clients is Bloomin' Brands, and they've done a really good job, as have other restaurants, of doing curbside. And they've bundled packages together. And I'm just out here giving yep. uh, restaurants advice. Uh, and, and anybody else, really, at this point that has a business. I know the economy is struggling. But if you want to get people to your place, I, you got to keep these deals in place because I think people will take advantage of them. The curbside delivery has been phenomenal. The takeout option is still there for a lot of people. I think restaurants have found a way to adjust. And getting back to the bar situation, I, I want to tell you a quick story. So there's somebody here in our community uh, where we live who owns a restaurant. But they're also on the Facebook page for the community that we live in had said, Hey, anybody that wants a gallon of sangria, uh, we can deliver it to your your doorstep for twenty bucks. Yeah. And I can't tell you all of the uh, the moms and wives out there on the Facebook page <laughs> said, uh, "Yeah, we're gonna PM you, and can you bring those as soon as possible to my doorstep for twenty bucks?" Uh, that's kind of where we may have to go when it comes to alcohol uh, initially consuming as much as you want. But I thought that was a genius way of thinking outside the box for that business owner, E, who said, I'll bring it to you. I'll leave it at your doorstep. Leave me the money underneath the mat. There's this trust factor that we have with everybody. I think that's a good thing, but you can still get your alcohol. <laughs> You're also going to have to trust that the recipient on the other side is actually 21. <laughs> like, good point. You know, you have good to point. verify that stuff, too. You and do. And well, and it'll be interesting too if the if they allow these type of sales because you can actually get a beer or wine, uh, even in a styrofoam cup right now from restaurants when you take uh, get some takeout or some curbside, however they bring it to you. Um, you know, are those because we know that the liquor sales you're not even allowed to even take it off the property, let alone sell it and and give it to somebody on the go. So are those restrictions gonna be um, brought back if this is the case? So. Uh, you know, but that that is outside the box thinking. Uh, I have seen like, um, you know, Bonefish now has family meals that they've bundled together. Um, you know, we got tonight. Carabas a couple weeks ago for yeah. my son's birthday. They have bundles. I've even seen. Yeah. I think I saw a sign. Was it Hardee's? Hardee's is doing family bundles. Um, yeah. You know, and I would think that those things are going to be still in place when they get Everybody back. Everybody should. Yeah. Everybody should to the end of the year. I, I would do it to the end of the year. You know, flights. Cruises, because you're thinking, who's going to be doing these things when those when those establishments do open? There will be people that need to do that, and they may not have as much money. Make it affordable for people to get back in the game. I think businesses understand that, but I would continue to see these deals be thrown around. Every company basically is doing it. If you want to survive and you want people's business, the, I think the demand early on will be there. Make it worth their while. And, and then the question is going to be, and I know we need to get the Yanni Gord here yeah. in a minute, but the, the question is, how does that now relate to sports? How do, how, does, how does sports now find those type of ways to sell their product to fans? Because if you're limiting people, we know fans aren't going to come back. They're not even going to be allowed to come back. 
uh, to start, no matter how it, how it uh, plays out. But then when you start to have to limit tickets and limit seating, how are you going to be able to get those sort of business ideas? And uh, that'll be interesting to see how it develops here in the coming months. Yeah. Well, we're consultants as well, and we have ideas. So anybody can just knock on our door, call us, and, and we'll, we'll tell you some ideas that we have because this is what we're going to be looking at here for the next few months. But what do you think so far, folks, about you know possibly a slow rollout for sports in general? And if you're going out to a restaurant, if you're going to a movie theater, are you okay with social distancing? Will you still go once we're given the green light to participate in those activities? We'll talk more about that throughout the show. Hit us up on Twitter because we'll read them throughout, at Greg Linnelli, at Eric underscore Erlinson. Also at Bolts Radio, we appreciate you guys hanging with us during these weird times. But we've got Yanni Gord, who, let's face it, he's got some time on his hands, but we want to see how he's doing with everything. It'll be good to catch up with Yanni Gord. Also, too, Brian Burns coming up later on in the show, the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Always good to catch up with Burnsy as well. It's the Power Lunch right here on Lightning Power Play. An hour of hockey talk to get you through social distancing. This is Power Lunch with Greg Linnelli and Eric Erlinson on Lightning Power Play. All right, welcome back to this Friday edition of Power Lunch here on Lightning Power Play. I am Eric Erlinson alongside Greg Linnelli from Lightning Power Play Live, and we are pleased right now to be joined by Lightning forward Yanni Gord. And Yanni, I uh, appreciate you coming on the show today and giving us some of your time, just how are things on the home front and uh, sort of how are you dealing with all this extra time you have on your hands? Uh, I've been, uh, well, I've been uh, busy. Uh, I mean, with uh, uh, my wife and my daughter at home, we kind of, uh, it takes a lot of time. Like I just play with Emma all the time and we're, we're having, uh, it, it's, it's that time of the year. Well, we don't get that time, that much time usually uh, when we're home. So, uh, it's really nice to be able to enjoy enjoy a little bit of the family time we uh, we don't get to have during the season. Um, so we're trying to take advantage of that as much as possible. And uh, other than that, I've been uh, doing some uh, project at home that Maria uh, Marie keeps uh, keeps adding stuff to uh, to the project list, so, uh, which I appreciate because it keeps me busy. <laughs> Well, Yanni, uh, this is Greg Linnelli. Glad you're uh, you're safe and and everybody's doing doing well. I, I've got to ask you with this break right now. Um, do you get antsy wanting to get back? I mean, I know you guys are you know working out as best you can, but but not being around on the guys probably, and just that everyday life of being a professional athlete is is probably something that obviously you guys enjoy doing and. Uh, do you feel like you're getting a little antsy uh, being at home as yeah, much as you 100%. like being there with uh, the family? I, I can't wait to get back to uh, to go back to the rink and and uh, start playing again and seeing the boys uh, in the locker room and kind of uh, that uh, camaraderie that we have and like kind of the like just playing hockey, having like a little bit of a more of a purpose. I mean, um, uh, like just like it, it's so much fun and. Uh, and uh, especially this time of the year, where uh, we're we're making a push before playoff, and uh, and after playoff going to start, it's going to be some uh, some uh, some fun time. And I mean, uh, I can't wait to uh, to get uh, to get this thing going again. So Yanni, Yanni, you mentioned you're keeping yourself busy with some projects, and your wife is adding to the uh, honey do list there. What what are some of the things that you've been able to kind of kind of get done? And and uh, are they like uh, putting shelves up, or like what are you doing? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of shelves. I I put my garage. Uh, my garage looks uh, good right now. It everything is stored properly, and, and so I've been doing a lot of like uh, shelving in the garage as well, and putting things together so it, it doesn't look messy and and in the house uh, a few shelves here and there and then I did a accent wall uh, that Marie challenged me to do and then uh, <laughs> she just uh, she just challenged me with another project I'm uh, probably doing a, a little banquet in the, in the nook area in our uh, close to our kitchen so uh, I mean I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm actually happy that she's finding those projects for me because, like I said, it keeps me busy, it keeps my mind off, off, uh, off like everything what's going on right now in the world. So 
yeah, it, it's actually uh, quite fun, and I like doing that stuff too. It, it makes me uh, makes me happy about myself. I'm doing something uh, for the <laughs> the house and for my wife and kids, so it's fun. So, do the arms raise up in celebration when you finish a project, like you're scoring a goal? <laughs> Not as much, no. I, I'm I'm proud of myself, but I'm, I won't be uh, uh, going around uh, the house <laughs> selling uh, about my project now. <laughs> Yanni, have you been able to uh, keep in touch with the guys? You know, here and there. It's funny how when you're at home with kids, how busy things can really get, and sometimes the day gets gets past you. But have you had a chance to to check in with your teammates to see kind of what they're up to as well? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we keep in touch. We have to. I mean, uh, we're all in this uh, together, so we we gotta we kind of make sure that everybody's uh, is doing okay. And I think uh, we're doing good. Um, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, like I said, a lot of guys have family and like they they stay busy because uh, you don't realize how much uh, how much work it is until you're really at home twenty four seven with your wife and kid, and you're like, oh my god, this is actually a full time job, uh, and uh, days goes by really quick. So it's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, different uh, than what we're used to see, and uh, but it's it's a lot of fun and. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to appreciate as much as we can uh, here. And, I mean, there's a lot of guys that do the same at home, uh, uh, now realizing that uh, the, like the, the, there's a lot of work to do at home when, uh, when we're on the road. Joined here by Yanni Gord on Power Lunch. And, Yanni, we found out yesterday that apparently Braden Coburn is one of the best chirpers on your team chat, and he's become quite proficient at Photoshop. Have you been uh, surprised by his proficiency on Photoshop, and have you been a target of any of his uh, <laughs> projects, shall we say? Every, everybody's been a target of uh, <laughs> uh So, uh, um, yeah, he's actually really, really good. It's pretty impressive uh, uh, what he can pull. You, you wonder how much time he spends on on that particular photo he, he makes. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's actually so fun, and uh, the way he does it, and he posts it on the group chat. It, it's always a, a good time. It's always fun to to have uh, have those laugh uh, once in a while during the day because uh, obviously we don't get to see each other that much, but the group chat keeps us really close. Yanni, I'm sure you've had you know moments where you've thought, okay, the season's going to resume, and whether it's a month from now, whether it's a couple of months from now, hopefully it will happen. I'm just curious, you know, some of the things that have been talked about regarding the league and maybe playing on neutral sites or when play does resume, playing in an empty arena with just you guys playing and maybe some announcers and the, the officials. Have you yeah. kind of thought about what life is going to look like once you guys do come back and play and how different it'll be when everybody does yeah play. it's definitely going to be a uh, way different if we if we don't uh, uh get to play in front of fans it's uh, it's going to be uh it, it's going to be weird it's going to be harder to get in games i feel like uh, it's always good to have your crowd behind you or when you're playing on the road that kind of kind of have that uh, that extra push to uh, to make sure uh, like you shut them down a little bit and you, you make them quiet and and that feeling is actually uh, great and uh, so it's it's gonna be uh, kind of interesting to see um, how you react how we react uh, with no fans in the stands uh, but uh, I mean if that's the way we uh, we gotta do to finish the season and play playoff I'm all for it and uh, like like. A lot of people said the first thing first is though we need everybody to be safe and and healthy and and that's the biggest thing in the in the world right now so uh, I think that's the 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 first thing that we get our first concern obviously uh, to make sure that everybody stays safe and healthy and and once we have the clear to play hockey and if it's not going to be in front of fans then um, I'm all for it as long as we uh, uh, as we get to finish the season and, and play some uh, playoff hockey. That's the most interesting uh, hockey of the year, and, and we can't wait to get started. Yanni, what have your home workouts been like, and how much are you able to kind of get outside and maybe even just go for a walk? Or I don't know if you have rollerblades or anything like that to kind of get you outside of the house a little bit. Yeah, that's that's a great thing about Tampa. I feel like the weather is so so nice. It's so beautiful outside. So uh, we actually go for walks a, a lot, and uh, and we uh, we rollerblade me and my wife, and push the stroller around, kind of uh, 
uh, get a little workout in. So it's actually uh, it's actually fun. So uh, uh, those are the things that we uh, we do outside. Um, obviously, we have a, a a nice little backyard that we can and, and play in. And uh, Emma's been uh, in the pool almost every day, so it's it's kind of fun to uh, to to get to do that. Uh, being able to do that, such a nice. Uh, uh weather like tempo is such it's such a great place and uh and part of it is uh the weather how it is like tell you what i can attest to what yanni just said yanni we've got a a six month old right now and we just carry her on to me i have her strapped in and she's about 20 pounds she's like a little load and it's just carrying <laughs> 20 pounds walking up and forth and i tell you what i, I probably have never been in as good a shape than lugging her around, but it, you know, she, she enjoys it. And, and what more can you do yeah, exactly. than, you know, not staying inside? Like we um, do, we, we do that for them, but uh, it's actually great for us as well. But yeah, uh, it's, it's just no so doubt much about fun that. for uh, being around and, uh, and uh, getting to see them grow up. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I wanted to, I wanted to get back to the fan aspect of it because, you know, not only are you guys, you know, professional athletes, but you guys are entertainers to a lesser extent. I mean, people pay to watch you guys play and they want to see you guys perform. And like you said, you feed off the crowd. Do you feel like that could be a, a big adjustment, particularly, you know, come playoff time? Again, we're assuming, you know, play is going to resume and you guys will be right there in the thick of things playoff wise. But do you feel like it's going to be harder to get into games. You guys are obviously professionals. You get paid to perform wherever, but having fans in the arena cheering you on is a big part of what you guys do and not having that. I've got to think that's really hard to get going. It's definitely going to be an adjustment. I mean, uh, it's going to be harder to, to get going. Uh, but uh, that's what we do. We play hockey and, and we, we lay everything out there uh, every single shift. So <clears throat> at the end of the day, uh, like it's it's five versus five on the ice, and uh, it, it's it's hockey time, and and whether there's people in the stands or not, I think uh, it's still going to be hockey, and we're still going to have to uh, to get emotionally involved and uh, and get at it. I mean, uh, fans always we always feed off fans, uh, but. Uh, if if that's the only solution we got to play without fans, we're gonna find ways to to get it done and and find ways to get uh, involved uh, in in those games and uh, and uh, find the adjustment to to do that. Again, we're joined here by Yanni Gord on Power Lunch and. Um, Yanni, I, I saw an interview with uh, John Cooper the other day. He says he checks in with the, you know, a couple players per day. How many times have you had those conversations uh, with Coop and, and maybe the coaching staff? And what has kind of been their message uh, to you guys? Is it is it do you guys talk hockey? Do you, does he try and keep it lighthearted to kind of keep things, you know, a little light? Or you know, what are those conversations about? Oh, they're uh, definitely not about the system. Uh, they are, uh, <laughs> like he calls us and uh, just asks, "Are we are we doing? Are we uh, hanging in there?" And uh, uh, what we've been doing, I'm obviously really like talk. Uh, we we just uh, um, just talk a little bit for for a few minutes to to uh, to know how we're feeling and and what's what's been our day looks like and. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. Obviously, there's no uh, no hockey talk at all, except uh, for the fact that uh, hey, do, did you uh, get any information on how or when or or what's going to happen eventually when when we get back to play? Um, but that's pretty much it uh, on the hockey wise, where we talk about families and and uh, how's everybody's doing and and that kind of stuff. It's not really uh, it's not really about hockey and and system and uh, all I've been doing on the PK this year. It's it's more uh, different things. <laughs> Yanni, I'm I'm curious uh, when you guys do come back. I guess maybe just speak personally. How much time do you think you would need? before you felt like you were in game shape and do you feel like going right to the playoffs is something that you'd be for or do you want to see some regular season games before that um if if i had to choose i think i think i'd play a few regular season game before going in the playoff uh and how long it's it's tough to say because uh um how long has it been? Like a month already, and like, yeah. like for for a lot of guys, like a month without skating and like without, uh, like not not. I'm not gonna say properly working out because 
like guys are able to work out here and there but like getting on the ice and feeling the puck and that kind of stuff <clears throat> like there's a like we all this is probably the longest time we have been like without skating and and uh and playing hockey in 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 years because like in the summer usually a summer we're gonna take uh, a month without skating max now it might get to two months uh or i don't know when it's gonna start again so uh it's it's really tough to say how we're gonna look uh, when we're getting get back so i mean a few weeks maybe three weeks um of skating and like having like hard practicing together um that that probably would be my guess uh but uh i mean it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be different like it's nobody ever experienced that basically in, in their life so uh it's gonna be weird and uh and uh and tough to get back but I mean, I'm all for it, and I, I can't wait to get things started and and uh, put on the skates again and be uh, be around the boys uh, in the room. Yanni, your daughter, Emma, has a birthday coming up here in a few weeks, and those are usually pretty big family moments, and you celebrate, uh, especially when they turn two, uh, as Emma's going to do this month. <laughs> Have you given some thought about what that might look like in terms of having some sort of a birthday celebration for her? Yeah, obviously it's probably going to be all the, uh, only the three of us uh, with some uh, present and uh, uh, birthday cake, but that's uh, that's probably going to be it. I mean, uh, first, uh, uh, before this whole thing happened, uh, Marie talked about uh, maybe having a Thunderbug uh, visit uh, at oh. the house, but uh, at this, with, with everything that's been going on, I don't think... Uh, uh, Thunderbug's going to be into that, so uh, uh, it's probably going to be uh, just the three of us uh, kind of um, having a birthday uh, birthday cake and uh, opening some present for Emma. But uh, uh, I mean, uh, that's the most important. If we uh, were the three of us together and healthy and, and safe, I mean, uh, I'll take that over uh, over a lot of different situations. You know, what we found here, Yanni. We uh, my daughter's about to turn four. And, you know, we were going to do the birthday party at the house, but obviously we can't. But there's some interesting, like, provider servers where they can have, like, your, your favorite Disney princess, like, do a FaceTime call or, oh. you know, the Facebook yeah. Live thing. So that, yeah, that that's kind of... That we, we could look into, for sure. Yeah, maybe check into that. You know, because, I mean, yeah. you know, they, obviously they don't know who's, who's real, who's not. But, uh, you know, Anna or Elsa might be making an appearence here next week at the uh, the Linelli house so it'll be that, that might be something be you guys nice. look into you know yeah why not you know um when you take a look at the league in general Yanni and what it's going to look like maybe coming back do you think Eric and I have been talking about this on the show for the last couple of weeks to kind of get creative in you know the marketing and and really trying to bring fans you know, back to the game, because as we know, the economy is taking a, a pretty big hit over this, and it'll be interesting to see who's willing to go out and, and spend their hard-earned money knowing that, you know, some jobs have been lost because of the coronavirus. But do you feel like, not that there's going to be more pressure on the players and the organization, but probably more a responsibility to try and reach out a bit more because mm -hmm. of kind of the times we're in right now? Yeah, probably. I mean, um it's uh, it's definitely going to be uh, harder probably for fans to uh, uh, to get back in and sold the building out. Uh, I don't know what uh, what the marketing uh, aspect of the game is like, but uh, I mean uh, the biggest ambassador of the game is is probably the players. So uh, if we um, if we uh, we reach well we reach out and uh, I mean if we stay on social media, kind of keep keep the fan into it and uh, and uh, keep them uh, on their toes a little bit and and uh, and hopefully they, they, they stick with us and, and they come back to to watch our games and and uh, that that would be great and I think uh, like you said we are a big ambassador of the game and we uh, uh, that's probably uh, one of our duty to to, to keep doing that and keep uh, making sure that uh, um, that uh, that they, they they stick with us and we uh, we're, we're grateful for everything they've done for us over the years and uh, 
and I, I like it's gonna keep going. Yeah, the fan base in Tampa is is a great, uh, great, great fan base, and uh, we're uh, we're really fortunate to have them uh, for us every single night, and I'm sure it's gonna keep going because uh, uh, they're uh, the greatest fan uh, in in the hockey. So I mean, we uh, we can like I said, we 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 can't wait to to see them again and and uh, get to play in front of them. Well, Yanni, uh, can't thank you enough for your time. Keep up with the uh, home projects. I can't. Uh, I can't wait to kind of maybe <laughs> see some pictures of some of your projects that you put together uh, here down the line, and hope for talking to you more about hockey and what's going on on the ice here in the very near future. Uh, stay safe, keep your family safe, and uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for having me, guys, uh, and stay Thanks, safe. Thanks, Yanni. Well, how great was it to talk to Yanni there uh, about kind of the, some of the stuff he's doing? It, it's it, again, I, it, like I mentioned this the other day, and we've talked about this a few times to get to know the players' personalities a little bit more away from who they are as hockey players. You know, hearing him kind of put some projects together, and his wife is challenging him with projects. I'm glad my wife doesn't do that because it'd be a mitigating disaster around my house if I had to try and put some of that stuff together. But that was really cool to hear that part of what he's doing with his time. Yeah, it humanizes these guys a bit more. And you know, we asked them too about post coronavirus and i think one of the positives coming from this will be the interactions we've seen from the players on social media maybe yep. we see more of that from the nhl moving forward because i think they're, they're gonna have to find a way to get fans more engaged who don't have that extra money e to go to uh, the stadiums or the arenas to take in their favorite team and i think if you can see hockey players engage a bit more and it has to be cordial it can't be nasty and we know sometimes yep. twitter can be accessible for these things. That might be one of the positives, though, that come from this, that the players open up a bit more with their personalities, and as a result, maybe there are a few more fans that, that jump on the bandwagon that is the NHL. Yeah, it would have to be in a controlled sort of situation, right? Like we've seen the NHL with some of these Zoom calls that they've done with certain players, and what's one of the biggest stories that's come out or one of the more entertaining stories that's come out? It's been Ryan Getzloff and his chicken coop. You know, that's that was a big sort of moment to something he'd been doing with his time. So uh, I'm all in favor for that. I'm all in favor of letting, you know, the fans know who the players are rather than, just you know, the stock questions that we tend to ask about. Uh, what were you doing on this play? How did you see that goal develop? That kind of stuff to kind of get to know who they are as uh, people uh, as well as players. So, um, again, I, I think that hopefully on the other side of this and hopefully sooner rather than later, that'll be something that we can kind of really get into a little bit more uh, on a media st uh, standpoint because I still think the media really acts as a conduit between the players and the fans and be able to get these stories across. For sure. And hopefully everybody, uh, when they do come back, is appreciative of the opportunity to play and watch this game one more time after everything he's been through. I mean, as Yanni said, being off skates for about a month, and sometimes that's the longest guys go. Uh, not being on the ice. So certainly an adjustment will have to be made. And I also think, too, not having fans, we think, in the building while these guys are playing is going to be a huge adjustment. I mean, feeding off the emotion, that's why these guys play. Obviously, yep. to make a living, make a good amount of money. But you want to perform, and you want to feel the rush of 20,000 people cheering you on. And when you don't have that, how do you get yourself motivated game in and game out? Yeah, it's a great point, and it was it was a good question that you asked him. Here I am giving you compliments again um, about Jeez. this. Well, you know, what? do you want to do you want to sign off now, or do you want to keep going? Because that's <laughs> no, I'll keep, I'll keep going. All right, um, sounds good. But it, it's true because <laughs> you know the players. It's not just the home crowd they feed off of. They feed off the negative energy on the road building too. You know, I heard plenty of coaches will even tell you that in a playoff series situation, they'd actually rather start on the road because it's not. It's this. It's you. You. Uh, fuel off the energy, but there's no pressure to perform off that energy, and you can take the crowd out of it, and, and that's how you build yourself up. So it is definitely a two-way street in terms of how players react to the fans in the stands, and you know, I, I think back to some of the inter-squad scrimmages during training camp where there's, you know, maybe 100 fans at, you know, TGI's ice complex out there in Brandon. You know, that's kind of the, about the closest we're we have to kind of think of what it's going to look like when this happens because I truly believe that this is going to happen and it's going to be without fans in the stands, and that is going to definitely be a very unique circumstance for the players and for us as viewers as well. All right, let's go ahead and take a break here right now. You are listening to Power Lunch on Lightning Power Play. He is Greg Linelli. I'm Eric Erland. So when we come back, we're going to talk to beat writer for the Lightning, Brian Burns. We'll see what he's been up to in the last couple of weeks when we come back right after this. 
The hockey world might be on pause, but Eric Erlinson and Greg Linelli aren't. This is Power Lunch, exclusively on Lightning Power Play on the iHeartRadio app. All right, thanks to Yanni Gord in that previous segment. Always good to catch up with a Lightning player, knowing what they're doing during this time. And I think actually the Lightning players over the last couple of weeks, it's been fun to kind of uh, see what they're doing on social media. It's been uh, fun, I think, seeing some of the players open up a bit around the league on social media. Eric Rollinson joins me as well. Brian Burns for the beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning on the other line. I want to get Burns' thoughts on on some of these things because content-wise, I think it's fascinating. But I think this could be, you brought this up the other day, kind of the new norm. Maybe we see the, the athletes start to really engage themselves uh, on social media to promote the game a bit more because I think they're going to have to with how things are kind of up in the air um, in the economy. And uh, I think that part, uh, can only help the game build. But let's bring in our, our good friend, beat reporter for the Lightning, Brian Burns, joining us here. And Burnsy, first off, how are you doing? And have you run out of beer yet? <laughs> uh, no, I uh, haven't run out of beer yet. Luckily, uh, some of the uh, the brewers in the area are still open, not necessarily to go and sit down and have a, have a pint, but uh, they've got some to-go cans. So I've been taking advantage of that. And yeah, doing well. I mean, as well as, as can be right now. My wife and I are uh, over in St. Pete getting a lot of gardening done. I've got a backyard project that uh, I've been working on, trying to get some plants in the ground and uh, working on content when, when those opportunities arise and uh, just trying to stay sane right now, I guess. Well, you doing some yard work or gardening is, is something that I think should be some, like a Facebook Live because I'd, I'd pay... <laughs> I'd pay some good money to see that. Hey, look, we all have to do our part being at home right now, but, you know, that that, that might be a little bit above your pay grade. Hey, you know, my dad's a farmer, and I did grow up on a farm, so I, I didn't really learn too much being on the farm, but uh, did you really? I, maybe it's in the genes somewhat. Maybe he uh, transferred some of that knowledge to me through osmosis or something because the plants are still alive, and uh, uh, hopefully we get, like, a nice little jungle backyard thing going on on our Ooh. back patio. E, did you know that, Burnsy? Bernsey grew up as a farmer. I did not know that, and wow. uh, it's very impressive that considering the uh, lack of rain that we basically had the last month, that you have uh, an opportunity to be able to to grow something in your backyard and keep it alive. So uh, kudos to you, and, and, and I want to ask you this question too because this is something I cannot ask Greg. This is something I'm struggling with here at home, and it's going to come to a, a fruition at some point. How in the hell are you cutting your hair? I haven't cut my hair. It's out of control but right now. do you plan now. on usually it? Usually when uh, I do video conference calls now, I throw a hat on. I'm not usually a hat guy, but <laughs> I bought two hats since this has started. I've been using them pretty regularly. And, uh, yeah, the hair is out of control right now. A- any plans to let the wife cut it? Or are you going to wait till uh, the barbershop opens back up? Yeah, I- I'm going to wait till the barbershop. I don't even know that we have the tools here. We don't have clippers or anything like that. And, uh yeah, I'll just let it go wild for a little bit, see what happens. <laughs> I haven't really had long hair before, so I'm kind of curious to see what what what, uh, what comes out of it. Growing stuff in the backyard and growing stuff on the top of your head. I like it. Yeah, yeah, lots of growth going on over here. Now, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, of course, guys. As I've said before, I used to have movie star hair. Um, <laughs> I don't I believe that. I decided to just shave it because I don't want to be one of those guys that just hangs on. But, you know, hey, look, that's that's all a personal decision we all have to make. What does the kids say now these days? Pictures or it didn't happen? Well, you know what's funny? Honestly. So I, I went to my, my daughter, Gianna, who's going to turn four on the 22nd. And um, that's going to be a lot of fun here at the Linelli household. But I have still guys. Now, I'm not one of those guys that, you know, rocks the high school letter jackets and, and you know, hey, how you doing? You know, 40 years later. But I do have my Duquesne University card oh wow and i'm debating i'm debating whether to take this picture take the picture and share with everybody on social media yeah i gotta tell you that i gotta tell you it's some pretty good hair (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna lie to you guys that's that's a pretty good picture um i'm surprised you still have the card i mean that's pretty well that's i think i should get some and it's it's a it's in good condition and I think it's. You still use that to valuable. get the student discount at movie theaters? <laughs> well, now well, that they take one look at the hair and go, no, that's not you. Said, oh, my goodness. So they said, what movie? Did you play in Top Gun? And I said, no, I was just the extra. 
But I mean, this <laughs> I think this thing probably on the open market could could fetch me a few bucks. So I'm gonna hold this, hold on to this in case you know desperate times call for desperate measures. But maybe I do tweet that out. I don't. You know what? You know, guys, pet peeve of mine. Before we get into what we're supposed to be talking about, because let's face it, you know, there's there's news, a little bit of news out there. So I don't know about you guys, but this whole thing, and e, you probably can speak to this because you have kids around this age. The the senior classes for 2020, I mean, this okay. whole thing now on Facebook where people are posting pictures of themselves back when they were high school seniors. Could you be any more egotistical? I'm sorry. <laughs> How does that help the kids of 2020 by you showing everybody a picture of you probably when you looked your best 30 years ago. I mean, th if that doesn't tell you how bad social media is, it's, it's about me, 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 raise your hand, look at me. But honestly, how does that help the kid who won't get an opportunity to have that moment? Hey, look at me, I had that moment, you didn't. Come on, <laughs> come Boy. on. And you know I'm right, you guys know I'm right. Well, look, I, I, I have a senior. I have a senior in high school this year, so I, I'm certainly well aware that I have not partaked in that, and I don't plan on partaking in that. But I, I'm, I'm impressed, Greg, of all the conversations, all the topics we have, that's the one that struck the biggest nerve for you so far. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm a weird man. I, I won't but, Bernsey, have you seen that? You've seen that. Come on. Yeah, I've seen I that. Mean, I actually, there was a report last night on the uh, the local Fox channel about the the local news that it was. I, I think they're using it to spy on people or some kind of hacking software. I didn't listen to the whole report. It was about it was getting past my bedtime, but they were warning about people was putting that, those pictures up that they could get in trouble <laughs> from them. It's after a few beers. Burns, he's ready for bed at eight o'clock. Yeah, this was the uh, this was the eleven o'clock news. So I was staying up a little bit later, but once it gets about eleven, I start to doze off on the couch. Well, it's interesting too because remember that was it? it was not that long ago that aging that Facebook yeah that was like some Russian the same thing spyware, yeah. and they were telling people don't download that app. So I don't know if it's somehow connected or what. Yeah, I, I didn't partake in, in either of them, so uh, fortunately the Russians won't find me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, Bernsey, what do you make of uh, the president the other day? They talked about the phase one deal. It looks like if they can, they'd like to roll out sports along with a couple of other businesses like restaurants and movie theaters. It's something we've been talking about a lot on this show the last couple of weeks. What is the rollout going to look like? I think we all agree that, you know, obviously not having fans in the building or in the arena is, um, is going to happen. And, and that may be here for a while. But it's pretty clear that there is this battle between being safe but also getting people back to work. Sport's a big part of that. Uh, what do you make of, you know, possibly a kind of a slow rollout to get sports back in everybody's life? And what precautions do you think um, sports venues are going to take outside, obviously, of social distancing uh, once everybody's able to come back and participate? Yeah, um... I, I, you know, I've heard about possibly, you know, having the thermometers uh, as people come in and this isn't fans, but I would imagine, you know, just staff players, anybody, if they come into the arena, you're going to have to do the, uh, the automatic, you know, thermometer on the forehead and make sure that, that they're not running a fever. So I think that's probably something that that's going to become the new normal outside of what we've seen in the past. Uh, as far as, as rolling out some of the sports, I kind of got a feeling last week we have these kind of all staff meetings with the lightning, uh, on Fridays, we'll have one again, uh, this afternoon, uh, and just listening to, to some of the higher ups, you know, Steve Griggs, uh, Derek Brooks gets on there, Julian Brisebois, he's on there. The, the one we had last week, it, it seemed like for the first time it was more, uh, like we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and you can kind of tell just in some of the comments that they were making that it does feel like uh, they're pretty optimistic that they're going to be able to get, you know, this uh, at least be able to crown a Stanley Cup champion this season at some point, whether that goes into August or September, who really knows at this point. But uh, it was the first time I really felt like that there, there was some some optimism on the horizon that 
we would be able to to, to play this uh, this playoffs out, and even maybe you know talking about trying to get the regular season in as well, trying to get those last. I think the Lightning had twelve games left at the pause, trying to get every team their eighty-two game regular season in, and, and then go into a playoff. So. It does look like that, that there's a, a little bit of, of hope in that regard that, that you know there will be uh, a conclusion to this season. Uh, how that's going to affect next season, not really sure yet. Uh, it seems like pretty plausible that you're going to have to push back the start of next season uh, to at least give these guys some time of uh, some kind of, of rest and recovery period before you go right back into another grind of a regular season. So, uh, it does seem like people want to get back out there. I think everybody's getting tired of being in their homes right now, being on quarantine. And I think people want to start to get back to some sort of normal. So I think, you know, sports was kind of the, the big charge as far as closing everything down. It was really when the NBA shut down and then the NHL the next day. And I think that really got uh, pretty much the general public's attention that this thing was pretty serious. Uh, they got kind of everybody on board with shutting down. Maybe sports is the way to get back to, to some sort of normalcy uh, to, to start opening society back up again. I know my big indicator is when Disney shut down. Disney never shuts down. Uh, yeah. So I think that does tells you how serious it was. And uh, again, joined by Brian Burns here from TampaBayLightning.com. And, and Burns, again, some of these meetings that you guys have had, these content meetings, I, I think one of the things that we're seeing, and, and you know, you've been on this side of the business you know, for a while, player personalities. I think that's one thing that we've seen around the league, not just in particular with the Lightning, of the player personalities coming to the forefront a little bit. I, You know, sometimes we get, you know, we're in the locker room, we're only in there for a short period of time. A lot of the questions usually tend to surround what's taking place on the ice and everything like that. But when you see a Braden Coburn come out and talk about how proficient he is in Photoshop now, uh, and, you know, and chirping his teammates. And, you know, we talked to Yanni Gordon in the previous segment, and, you know, he's become quite the handyman around the house. And, you know, the, the doc talk with Alex Kalorn I thought was great the other day, his Instagram Live that he did, to see some of the player personalities. Because, like, a guy like Kalorn in particular, he's sneaky funny, right? Because he's – we talked to him after games. He's got the serious face on, and he kind of talks in this, this straight tone. But then you get him away in that situation like that, you see so much more of who Alex Kalorn is. How much more do you think this can be going forward to let the fans kind of see those side of these players? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to have to be. And I think, you know, the, it's funny, the, the Alex Kalorn thing, it was almost, it was born out of a joke. I mean, he went on his Instagram and he was, I think he was just at his house, like scrolling through Instagram stories and saw all these quote unquote influencers uh, uh, doing their thing. And the, I think he was just kind of was rolling his eyes like, yeah, influencer or whatever. So he got on his Instagram and like, I'm an influencer. I'm going to I'm going to go around and do this and do that and be an influencer on Instagram. Uh, and then Doc Talk was kind of born out of that. He was just kind of spitballing and said, maybe I should just go around on my jet ski and go up to different guys houses. And then. I think people got really excited about it. I'm sure he was probably taken aback by how many people really wanted to see that. Then the next day it was like, all right, let's go do this and turned it into a really good piece of content. Uh, now there's plans to, to do even more of them. So that just kind of shows you, you know, what kind of personality Alex Kaloran has. And at first it started out as this sarcastic kind of mocking uh, thing, which if you've been around Kaloran, you know, he can be a bit sarcastic when you get away from those scrubs and whatnot. Uh, and then turned into a, a, probably like one of our best pieces of content that we put out since the uh, since the pause started. So, yeah, it's been really interesting to really see what some of these guys get into when they're not around hockey the whole time. And you know, it, it's kind of it pretty much feels like the off season because you know we're at that time of year they're they're not playing hockey. But usually these guys have have moved on. They're they're somewhere else. They're in Canada or they're back in their home country, back in their hometowns. So we don't really get to see them that much during the offseason now we're kind of getting to see what they would do during a normal offseason although this isn't exactly normal but it does have that offseason feel and now they have some time where you know anthony sorelli he can start cooking and and, and <laughs> get his recipe book out and try some new things like a chicken parmesan or chicken teriyaki like he was telling us the other day or Braden coburn can work on those photoshop skills so he can get into that group chat and send out some some good chirps and 
I'd really like to get in on that group chat. I, I feel like there's a lot of gold to be mined there in the uh, content department. It'd be really good to find out what some of those uh, what some of those chirps are on that on that group chat between the uh, the teammates and the staff and whatnot. Uh, so I think we're really kind of getting a glimpse into what the players do when they're not surrounded by hockey, when they don't have you know the rigors of playing every day and training every day, when they can kind of relax and just be themselves. We're getting a good glimpse into to what that life is like for them. Well, Barnsey, what do you think? Again, this is all speculation, so I understand that. But we we just talked to Yanni, and you know, we were discussing about what's it going to be like playing in front of an audience or not an audience, and and playing it maybe a playoff game with nobody in the building. I mean, I've got to think they're paid professionals; they get paid a lot of money. We all understand that, but that has to be difficult, doesn't it? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see just what that's like, or if there's, you know, are they gonna let a handful of fans in, or are there gonna be people scattered out, like two, three hundred people just scattered throughout the arena? Is it gonna be completely empty? You know, how does how does Lightning Vision handle that situation? Are they still playing the the pump up music? Are they still playing the 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 songs in between? You know. Uh, in between puck drop or, or in stoppages of play, is Kristoff still up there on the organ banging away on the keys? It's just like what what's going to happen if that situation, uh, if that's our reality. So uh, I, I think it's going to be difficult. I think, you know, obviously playoff hockey, there's so much intensity there. You get so much of the energy from the fans. Uh you can tell in some of these playoff series uh, w- with the home ice advantage, how, how that, that advantage can swing a, a series one way or the other. So I think it'll be a little bit of a neutralizer. You won't have that, that energy to draw from, from the fans. You're going to have to draw from it from within. It'll be that way for both teams. So it should be a little bit of a neutralizer, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. If that's how it comes. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if they'll pump in crowd noise just to have crowd noise. I think I, I saw an interview with somebody last night a league exact i don't even know it might even been gary bettman i can't remember where i saw it uh about that possibility um so the the game the game experience is certainly going to be much different uh for not just the players for everybody uh, but again i i think and we've talked about this before we asked adam hall this yesterday you know if if you don't have the crowds in this in the stands the microphones are going to pick up everything uh i think that would be a lot of fun and be definitely be something different for the viewers at home Anyway, in in terms of of watching uh, the games and and seeing the games on television, uh, but Burns, I want to ask you this a little bit off topic. You've been you put together this bracket of the top games of the John Cooper era. Uh, how hard was it to kind of narrow that stuff down, and and how have things kind of progressed along that so called contest you guys have been doing? Yeah, you know, it started out. We obviously, you know, once the pause happened, and then you know, it would kind of coincided with March Madness as well. So a lot of these brackets were coming out, and we thought it'd be good to do one, uh, you know, lightning related. And we thought about doing you know top games in Tampa Bay Lightning history. But you know, when you think about it, it, it it's pretty clear that there's going to only be one choice for the best game in Lightning history. That's going to be you know Game Seven against Calgary game to win six. the Stanley Cup, and then your runner-up's probably going to be you know Game Six. So. There's no point in putting together a bracket where the the winner is already going to be predetermined. So we thought it might be a little bit more fun to do the John Cooper era uh, and just try to do a uh, maybe a more recent fans have those games fresh in their uh, in their memory bank uh, and try to figure out well, what's the best game that's happened under John Cooper. So obviously a lot of playoff games come in there, though the ones that, that come immediately to mind, Game Seven uh, against the Rangers at MSG, the the uh, the comeback in Detroit in Game Four, the really uh, a, a time where the Lightning were almost bounced from the, that playoff series. I mean, there was about six minutes left, and if they go down three-one, they probably don't win that series, and they don't make it to the Stanley Cup Final that season. Uh, later in that playoffs, the the last second goal by Tyler Johnson, like those were kind of ones that were uh, immediate. Uh, so just kind of went back through uh, looking through uh, John, the John Cooper era and just kind of the games that stuck out in my mind and uh, the playoff games that I thought were pretty important. And once I went through, I had, you know, we were going to limit it to 32 teams. I uh, went through one time and I had 30 games. So it was just a matter of going back and trying to find two more to kind of fill it out. And then 
seeding those games, which ones were the most important, kind of making it like a, a traditional March Madness style bracket where you see the teams one through eight and have, you know, your ones versus your eights, your fours versus your fives and whatnot, and just kind of move it through until you crown a champion. So uh, it's been good. It's been received pretty well that the fans have been voting on it. There's been a couple surprises. The, the Tyler Johnson last second goal against Montreal at game three, that one got knocked out. Uh, I forget uh, what game knocked it out, but I was surprised that that one didn't. I thought that would be, uh, you know, like a Final Four uh, game, uh, but it's been pretty much uh, chalk so far. A lot of uh, a lot of playoff highlights in there. People seem to remember those playoff games a little bit more than the uh, the regular season ones, and rightly so. I mean, they're a little bit more important, obviously. It's interesting. We've been playing the 2015 Burnsy Lightning playoff wins on these airwaves and on 95.3 WDAE. And uh, obviously, we just heard the, the recently the Tyler Johnson uh, goal in that series with one second remaining. And uh, it's fun going back to that year, especially because you saw guys like Johnson, uh, Kucherov, you mentioned this too, Kalorn, Bishop, really come of age and be uh, really good point producers for this team. And, you know, we, we fast forward ahead to this team right now, uh, Burnsy. It's why I think a lot of Lightning fans want to see this season resume because it probably is the last shot with all these guys still playing uh, at Amelie Arena. Yeah, I I caught one of those games the other day. I I think it was maybe game one of the uh, Montreal game. I was coming back home. We were picking up some takeout and yeah, I don't really get to listen to to Dave Mishkin that much. Uh, Obviously I do behind the scenes, but not really on the air because we're both kind of working in our own uh, you know, hemispheres at that same time, but man, this just calls a great game. It's so, uh, it, it was almost just comforting, like listening to him, you know, right point Hedman, left point Stamkos, stairs Kucherov, you know, just he knows where every guy is on the ice at every single moment of time. And it's just so the, the way that, that, that it flows for him, it was just really a treat to kind of listen to that and, and relive those games. And that was my first season, you know, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, it was a heck of a season to, to come on board and to just have those those playoff memories. It was some of the best times of my life going through some of those series uh, and witnessing some of those games. And, uh, you know, you talked about Tyler Johnson. If he doesn't, you know, break his wrist, uh, the Lightning might have won a second Stanley Cup. And in that Rangers series, he, he got hurt and wasn't really himself in that Chicago game. But before that, he was... Uh, the best player in the playoffs. And then you look at like Kucherov, he wasn't, you know, the Kucherov that we know now. He was just starting to become the Kucherov that we know now. And that playoffs was, you know, part of his coming out party. Andre Palat had such a big role. You know, that was when the triplets were, were still in action and uh, were really just tearing up the playoffs that, that season. Uh, you know, seeing Ben Bishop in that, you know, it's been Andre Vasilevsky for so long now that you forget just how good Ben Bishop was and just what a force he was back there, just what a great guy he was to, to cover and to talk to on a daily basis. So uh, it's been fun reliving those memories and, and, and hearing some of those calls again and watching some of those clips. And yeah, we want to do it again. It'll be different, you know, if there's no fans in the building or just however you know, if the playoffs happen, however, the, the format has to be so that they can get it done, it's going to be different. But, you know, just as a staffer, I, I want to, you know, I want to go through those those playoff series again. I want to have those memories again, those moments, those, you know, just the, the fun that comes along with covering those games. I want to be a part of that again. So hopefully we can get this thing going again and then do it again. And uh, I, I know we're kind of up against it here, but uh, I wanted to pass this along. Uh, the governor of New Hampshire has come out and confirmed that he's had sp- spoken to Gary Bettman about the possibility of resuming the NHL season in Manchester, New Hampshire. I know, Greg, we had brought that up before, but uh, interesting that things are starting to progress maybe a little bit further down that path, and I think that's kind of given us a clear idea right in lines with what you just said there, Bernsey, that we are going to see some form of hockey to have some sort of conclusion to the 2019-2020 scene, and I think that has to be, from a hockey fan standpoint, and I know there's a bigger picture uh, certainly taking place, but from a hockey fan perspective, that has to be really uh, encouraging news. You know, one of the neutral sites I saw, this was like a week ago, was the Bahamas. Which, uh, Whoa. if that's the case, sign me up for that. I would love to go over to the Bahamas and watch some some <laughs> hockey in July and August. I don't think I could think of anything better than that right now. That would be amazing. 
Of don't course, know how realistic like... that was, but that was one of the uh, one of, I think with Vegas, and then you saw Saskatoon was thrown out there too. North Dakota, yeah. a lot of different areas across the uh, across North America thrown out there as, as potential places where they could do something like that. But yeah, the the New Hampshire one does seem to be gaining a little bit more traction now. I wonder how fast the NHL could be in negotiations with Dana White for the private island he was going to use. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah. That would be. Uh... <laughs> Where was that island? Do you know it was in the Caribbean? I, I don't know. It had to have been, right? I mean, where else are you going to find private so. islands like that? Well, that, you know, that'll be interesting guys too because now we get into traveling and and what's that like, you know, with teams. And who's going to be allowed to travel? Yeah, I mean, I think that's to me all all very fascinating. I'm sure you can get a good deal right now flying and teams would probably love that, but um, you know, we start talking about uh, people getting on flights. I'm not sure that was part of the phase 1 aspect of things but you know it could be you know something in phase two or phase three but is that all expedited a bit if you're talking about teams because they are going to have to go to different venues and play Burnsy, do you think teams uh, when it play does resume whenever that happens i mean do you feel like let's get to the playoffs and let's get this season i, I want to say over as quickly as possible but at the same time trying to not make everything so condensed for next year if you want to get an 82 game season season in i mean how how do you see that unfolding i know we have a, a couple of minutes left yeah i mean i i just don't see a, a way to to play the end of the regular season i know they'd like to get it in but uh i just feel like it makes a lot of sense just to cut it off right now i know every team hasn't played the same amount of games but you go by your points percentage uh and if you can play like the normal format like you would before where you have the four rounds and you make it a best of seven each round, I'd like to see that remain the same as much as possible. I'd rather not touch that aspect of the uh, of the playoffs. Uh, you know, you've seen some things thrown out there where maybe they they cut it down to like a best of three or a best of five in the first couple rounds. Uh, if you have to try to condense it a little bit, but for me, I'd rather just get rid of the regular season. The teams that are in are in already. If you're outside and you didn't quite make it in. You know, you had 69, 70, 71 games to state your case. Obviously, circumstances came up that prevented you from from making that final push to to possibly get in. But, uh, you know, we've been at this for you know quite a while, five months now, uh, and you had your chance to get into the playoffs. And if you're not in now, you know, too bad. You, you just got to cut it off at some point. Uh, so for me, I would just say scrap the rest of the regular season, do it based on points percentage, and then start your playoffs and try to have as much of a normal playoff as you can. Yep, that's going to be the interesting thing. I think Gary Bettman even sort of steered us down that path that that seems to be in some way they're going to they're going to find to make it even, like make it fair. I guess is the best way to put it. The integrity we've heard that word tossed around quite a bit to who would make the playoffs. Uh, in some capacity, so uh, that'll be interesting. But uh, it's good to end the week on some optimism and some hope, isn't it, Greg? It is, and I think that's what we're all looking for uh, as Americans. I think people want to get back out and, and go to work and experience sports again. I think we're all living in this Groundhog Day world where we wake up and you're, you're trapped in your house. Maybe you can escape and go for a walk here and there, but... Uh, Americans weren't meant to just kind of sit here. Who really is? And I think the sooner we can get back to having some normalcy, I think everybody's psyche will be a bit better. So, you know, if we're helping you pass time, noon to one, uh, we uh, we certainly will do that. We appreciate that. Bernsey, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll be talking to you real soon. Thanks, Bernsey. Yeah, it's good to hear from you guys. Yeah, no doubt. Brian Burns, speed reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning joining us there Alrighty, good stuff uh, i'm going to talk to you tomorrow because we've got the uh lightning broadcast from 2015 game six that'll be the clincher of that second round matchup between the canadians we'll be doing our admission hits and um so i will talk to you then and then of course we've got our show next monday noon to one my friend sounds good have a great weekend everybody have a good weekend boys steve greg uh, we'll uh, talk to you on monday you got it thanks everybody we will talk to you soon right here on Lightning Power Play.